coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is Stan Wilson Lee. I'm the VP of Long Walk Productions, and I'm joined tonight by my two co-hosts, Chris Wilson Barnes. <laughs> Let's do that again. Nope. No. You live with it. I Chris Wilson Barnes and David Wilson Hensley. I was wondering how you were going to fuck that up. That's me, Chris Wiffle Barnes. <laughs> no, you're Chris Wilson Barnes. <laughs> This and I'm David, Wil- I'm David Wilhelm Hensley. This tweet is a symbol of the... And thank you for listening. I had practiced that, too. You did. That's the worrisome that part. I know, right? Welcome back to Long Walk Talks, everybody. It's been a couple of weeks uh, since we did our last episode. And, and we I was are- on a boat. Stan was on a boat first, and then I was on a boat. And Chris, you've been on dry land this entire time. How's that been? It was fine up till now. <laughs> Until we brought it up. And uh, Stan, we're continuing our Perfect Tens discussion with your third pick. What pick did you pick? <laughs> <laughs> we go now to Peter Piper. Um, I'm sorry, uh, but uh, uh, my third pick is uh, one of my favorite South Korean films. It, it would be The Host. Done by and and I'm gonna um, not even gonna attempt the director's name, but uh, Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Um, Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> I'm just gonna be on standby to correct <laughs> your pronunciations. That's gonna be the last name I'd use tonight, probably. But uh, um, Bong Joon Ho's and uh, he's the. <laughs> they're they're killing me here, man. They're laughing at every pronunciation, so I'm not going to say anything anymore. Um, That's got to be kind of hard. You hosting this thing. Bong Joon Ho. There you go. Not is Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> Leonardo <Sorry>. DiCrepio. <laughs> DiCrepio. Where the emphasis on the syllables is important in Korean. Huh? Uh, well, and consi- Bong's film, a uh, few films before his Oscar winner, uh, Parasite. Same director. A few films, like yeah, 13 it, years before. Yeah, it's th- 13 years, which is... A few. I think... A few. It's three movies before, yeah. Uh, so, this film, along with uh, your pick for next month, Old Boy, are the, probably the ones that our audiences are going to be the least familiar with. So, I think in both of these cases, we should give a very brief synopsis uh, for those who haven't seen the film, if you want to watch it, it's currently streaming on Hulu. Yes, it's still on there. I don't. I, I, there's. I don't think there's any indication it's going to be leaving soon. So yeah, check it out on it, Hulu. It's also on Prime too. So. Yeah, and if you, so, if you've got Amazon Prime or Hulu, check it out. Um, what a weird film to have to summarize, but essentially, I'm. I'm not sure if a direct summary because. W- the first topic is basically what the exp- fuck. What the fuck? Explaining, explaining how this is not really definable in the sense of plot and uh, no, but it'd summary. Be, it'd I be fun say. to try. It would be fun to try. Yes, Chris? Chris. A man's daughter gets kidnapped by a monster, and he and his family try to save her. Yeah, there we go. That, that's yeah. That's a tadpole monster. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna get into themes, but that's what happened. That's essentially yeah. the it. Uh, 
Yes, a South Korean man's daughter gets kidnapped by a big fish monster that the production crew nicknamed Steve Buscemi. And I also discovered that this was actually, it's a South Korean film, but it was actually lauded by the North Korean government because of its potentially, I'm, I'm doing finger quotes, anti-American themes. In, really? It was a surprise. I mean, the Americans figured into it, but they weren't really seen as like, bad guys not seen as bad guys but they kind of instigate yeah they don't really help much but for that matter neither does the south korean government no no. it's like there's a whole i mean there's basically a whole other movie happening in the background that you don't see yeah it's a lot like the original godzilla in that regard like here's a movie about a a giant kaiju that's also a, a movie about how badly the uh japanese government handles crises so that's a, that's a lot of what's going on here. So we've already alluded to it or outright said it, I guess. But Stan, what's our first discussion topic? Uh, the first discussion topic is WTF. What the fuck? Um, David kind of, when he watched it, he texted me a bunch of stuff. And the only thing he had to say about it was like eight different versions of what the fuck was that? Oh, no, that was fucking weird. Yeah, so here we go. I told them my review of the host is the exact same sentence expressed in different ways. Well, that was fucking weird. Well, that was fucking weird. (laughs) Well, that was fucking weird. Well, that was fucking weird. And finally, well, that was fucking weird. And and what's interesting, it's it is not the weirdest movie that we've talked about. I thought it was all right. Um, <laughs> it, I, I enjoyed it, but still, what um, the fuck? And and simply because it is like eighteen different genres are represented in this movie. It's and it's like the my last topic is going to be talking about discussing the different genres of it is. So the idea and and mind mind you, this is like this is probably the. F- maybe fifth time I've seen the movie and I still begin and go through about a third, at least a third of the movie going, what the fuck? Uh, and I've seen it several times. Um, and, but for me, the, what the fuck quality ends up being one of the, one of the best parts of it because it, it sets you up for all these ideas that will be talked about and will be explored. And it, puts at least especially the main character puts him into a place where oh you 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 get to see because of the stuff that he does that is not necessarily like chris said it's essentially a a girl gets kidnapped by a monster so you got the kaiju film and then and then it's basically a rescue movie well, combined with a dark comedy and a family dramedy. <laughs> yes, yes. And, I, and it goes on and on and on. Much like you, I spent the first third of this movie just after every major significant plot point happened going, what the fuck? <laughs> like the whole, the, the whole plot kicks off because a Korean medical assistant. It was like a mortuary, wasn't it? Yeah, in a, in a morgue. Uh, it, is told to pour out a bunch of bottles by an American mortuary, uh, mort- mortician. American, yeah, American mortician to pour out a bunch of formaldehyde, despite the warnings that it's going to go directly into the Han River. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And from there, we see like there's different time skips showing there is something weird growing in the Han River until we finally get to 2006, the year the movie came out and is set. And the creature that the formaldehyde mutated is a giant walking tadpole or some other kind of weird Some sort of fish, fish amalgamation because I think at the end when, it's, when it gets hit by the, the, the whatever, the agent yellow they call yeah. it. Yeah. It's like a fish drops off of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I w- and the two fishermen, uh, pre uh, when they first they, they discovered the little, the original, uh, yeah. baby version, and say, like, look, what's that swimming? Oh my God, this is. Disgusting. How many tails does it have? How many tails does it have? So it's a fish of it's a fish of sort, and the Han River because of this formaldehyde, it's pretty much destroyed all the actual fish and. Uh, has been a host to this kaiju, basically. Is oh, uh, so the Han River is the real host of the movie. Yes. Got it. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and just talk about the the kaiju itself, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I told Stan the other day, this uh, this monster really needed the Jaws treatment. Um, there were way too many... Uh, like long lingering shots of this monster, which looks shoddy even by 2006 CGI standards. It was honestly fine up until the first swarms on land. <laughs> Cause you, you see it hanging from underneath the bridge, which was right. a good, great effect. You, you, you see people pointing to it in the water, but you can't really see anything. You know, they're throwing it stuff to eat. <laughs> <laughs> the the best shot of the monster in the movie is the first time Gongdu sees it on land mm-hmm. and it's charging towards people yes. off in the distance, slightly out of focus. That was the best the monster looked. As soon as it comes into focus, you're like, wow, I'm in a video game cutscene now. Yeah. Um, um, the effects were, I mean, uh, the effects, they, they tried, but the, the amount of time you see it on screen doesn't do it any good and then at the end when you add the i want to say a, a solid attempt at fire uh in the final scenes yes yeah, spoiler uh, did, alert they finally set this thing on fire in the end it and looks terrible um it does it, 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 it does this movie is a diamond in the rough it really is. I I know that just based on these last 10 minutes alone, it sounds like we're going to spend the whole time shitting on it. It's no. not that kind of no, podcast. No. I really did like this movie. I liked what was there. I did not like how it was assembled um, for the most part. And, and we're going to talk about it because for me, um, I, ostensibly it's a kaiju film, but then then it's a really it's actually a family drama. Then it's right. actually a rescue uh, adventure movie then it, you know so the idea that all of this stuff does set up his later because bong does hybridize many genres throughout the rest of his movies and it, it and yes parasite might be the mature amalgamation of all the stuff that he talks about with social satire and everything but the thing is i think parasite is not one of my favorites of his because it takes itself so seriously, where this is firmly, uh, the host is firmly tongue in cheek. Um, tongue in cheek. It yes. Is. See, when I, I, I wish that I had put some more time between watching Parasite and it winning an Oscar, 
because when it won Best Picture, Katie and I watched it like a day or two later. And while Parasite was a perfectly fine movie, it was by no means an Oscar winner. Yeah, see, that's that's the kind of thing that happens to me when it's like when something is... Well, it's it's kind of like why I kind of shied away from Lord of the Rings when it came out. Because it's like, I understand this is probably a great thing and it's getting a heaps of praise dropped on it. And it's just like... But everybody talking about it all the all the time, and it and it you know having all this hype just means I just I don't want to, I don't want to touch it, I don't want to touch it until I have time to sit down and process it for myself. Right. Uh, Stan, when did you see this first? Uh, it, it was way past two thousand six, of course, but uh, when it first came out, so I would say wasn't that um, I saw it in Chicago first time, so. Um, well, it, do you remember at the time no, thinking... Been, no, it had to been here because two, I was here in 2003, so it didn't come out to... So uh, I was here and saw it on, uh, on a Netflix disc um, when I... When that's, I becoming, that's becoming the new way to date oneself. It used <laughs> to be I rented it from Blockbuster. Uh, now it's I got it on a disc from, from Netflix. Netflix. I had the, yeah, I had the DVD service from Netflix. Yes, yes. which I still do have. Uh, but uh, no, you don't. I don't think anybody does. I Technically, do. it still exists. Yeah, yeah that's really? what that's yeah. what most of the uh, charge you're getting is for the queue that you have. Fucking hell! Have I had the DVD service for you the last ten years do. without realizing it? Probably still uh, you'd do. have to check. If you're paying sixteen ninety nine, I am. God damn then it! You still have the damn you Netflix <laughs> Netflix queue. Um, sixteen ninety nine. Uh, hold on to that memory. They're about to up it again. I think. I, I, I well, sixteen ninety nine is the new. Is it yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, um, but no. So I would have seen it. Uh, pro- let's say, I guess it would have been as it came out on disc because I had, I was doing my South Korean stuff um, and and I had seen his previous film, Memories of Murder. Um, I think I may have seen that after. The host, because uh, the reason why I saw the host is because of Old Boy. So I wanted to explore all the great South Korean directors mm-hmm. at the time, and of course, Sean Wook Park is one, and then uh, Bong. So what you're saying is this was a very early Bong hit, <laughs> and that might have been why I loved it so much the first time is because I was taking a lot of Bong. It's at the time. So that was a, a very circuitous way of getting around to it. My question uh, was. At the time that you saw this, was the CGI impressive? Or did you watch it like, wow, what a weird fucking fish creature? Um, because I knew that it was, it was very low budget, it's like, okay, I guess they did all they could do um, uh, with, with the budgetary concerns they had. So it's like, okay, you, you, I mean, that was, a, I mean, a cor- you know, it's not a rubber suit. I'm thinking... I, I probably would have chose. Let's do the rubber suit. Yeah, I was gonna say Kaiju, I would have. I would have preferred um, the rubber suit because Pacific Rim hadn't came out yet. So and that, but the, see, again, we are kind of spoiled because our kaiju's that we grew up with are you know these really spectacular looking creatures. I think one of the points of it being so low budget and say, okay, we're gonna make it a kaiju, but the thing is, let's make it like the stupidest looking kaiju in the world. And says you're not gonna get pretty awesome looking things when you fucking pollute the Han River. And, you know, it's, and I, I think it's, I think the look of the creature was purposeful that, um, it's not going to be this awesome looking monster. That's, that, I don't think that's what he means though. 
but um, I, I'm getting, I'm, I had to set it up because at the time, uh, I didn't know where, the, so it's like I kind of gave it the benefit of the, the doubt. benefit of a doubt. Um, mm. But then I find out that that the special effects were done by Weta Workshop. Oh, now see that just makes the whole thing worse. And well, no, that, that just depends on how much they paid. And, yeah, and, and, but they didn't—they didn't do the CGI for the creature. That was done by um, the Orphanage, which is an LA group, I think. Um, Made up of real orphans, <laughs> I would believe it. Um, I, it's but you, for that time and for the money they had, it's—it's it, it's definitely better than the torso stuff of the time coming out uh, for, with like the Sharknados and stuff. I think it's. It's well, slightly better than that. <laughs> you can give Sharknado a pass in that the CGI in that is purposefully terrible. Like that, that's a sci-fi original movie that knew what it was. But on the other, they have more money. Did they? They do have. They did have more money. See, uh, this was in a very weird middle ground for CGI because I couldn't help but compare the kaiju in this movie to a very early reference and a very recent reference, which is. The recent one is Starro the Conqueror from the Suicide Squad. Fucking right. great looking, completely CGI True that. kaiju. I agree. And then you take it even further back CGI wise, um, and this isn't even really a kaiju, but if you look at like the T-Rex the from Jurassic Park, which was mostly, a lot of that was done practically. Uh, I, I really don't think... Again, though, that's Skywalker. St- uh, I mean... Uh, was that was that Scott? That was ILM. ILM, yes, it's a, it's a ILM stuff, and they had a ton of money, yeah, for for that. So, it's a, but I, I I'm not disagreeing with you at all. It's like that that's the hardest part for me with this movie is the is the CGI for the monster. See, there's normally a point in a movie where you just kind of all right, I'm on board. This is what's happening. This fish creature looks weird, but I'm just <laughs> accepting it. There was never that point, and I think it was because with all the other stuff happening in the movie, whenever we would get back to the fish, I was like, Oh, this fish still looks terrible. It, no, it looked okay to me, except for, um, the more light it was under like sunlight, they mm-hmm. couldn't, they did not do well with it in sunlight, but the less light it was in, like, especially the sewer scenes, yes. it looked way I better. I loved it yeah. in the sewer scenes. And it's, it's very, and it's, uh, and it, it was very much to their benefit that the end takes place under the bridge. Yes. Exactly. I agree. And when she, when the daughter, the, the kidnap victim, what's her name? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's her name. <laughs> um, uh, when she uses the kaiju's tail as the springboard to grab hold of the rope that she made of the of, of the linen uh, or, or the clothes, um, I think the creation and the CGI of that when it wa- does the crawl up the wall and up the ceiling to turn around to go after them mm-hmm. after the kids again. Uh, I think that was really well done. But well, again, usually think, those are because quick time events are pre-rendered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There is a lot going on in this movie. There is. Um, aside from the fish shenanigans, there's also the bizarre dark comedy, mm-hmm. and I'm talking in particular about the funeral scene. After the initial Steve Buscemi attack, 
all of the vic- surviving victims are gathered in this one place and they've all got memorials for the people who died to Steve Buscemi. <laughs> and of course, there's a picture of Gongdu's daughter, uh, Hun Su. And everyone's looking at it like Gongdu's brother and sister show up. His dad's there. They're all looking at it. They're all crying. And it goes from very naturalistic uh, frustration and grief to straight up hard crying so hard that they collectively fall over and just keep wailing and start thrashing around and kicking each other. And I was again, not to, uh, you know, keep kicking this dead horse, but I was watching this going, what the, the fuck? fuck? And that goes. Oh, that I didn't. I looked at that. And goes. Oh, this is comedy. <laughs> I, this is uh, this is a, it's meant to be funny. And I and I was starting to laugh. And and, and Chris, that even segues even more so into the next thing. Um, uh, the question of the topic is: Did the slapstick elements of the first half diminish or enhance the payoffs of the third act? Diminish. Do you think so? Yeah. If you want to elaborate, go ahead. I, I have my answer ready, but when? Oh no, I was just gonna say, um, it's such a disjointed film mm-hmm. because all the slapsticky stuff kind of goes away after that first half. Yep. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is the homeless guy smashing Nong Il over the head with <laughs> uh, a, a, a soju bottle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is sort of slapsticky, but. All of the, it's all so front-loaded, like Gongdu passing well, out. Also, you forget the homeless guy gets out of the taxi following him, just picking his nose. Or yeah, 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 yeah. I, oh, yeah, I did forget about that. <laughs> the, the homeless guy is truly the unsung hero. Of I loved at the end when, when, when they finally, when uh, they light the monster on fire and he's just standing above them on that ledge and he's just like, like huh. <laughs> I did that. I helped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he poured the gas. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, I, I think you honestly, you could have cut the slapsticky stuff out of this movie and not made a single bit of difference. Absolutely. I disagree. Okay. Because I think it's integral. And I think the problem is, I was telling you earlier, Dave, um, it's just not applied well. It should be a, 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 a thread throughout. This thing should be a black comedy because the whole movie is about a group of, is, a, is about a dysfunctional family who barely functions as a group trying to pull together to save who they all recognize as probably the best member of their family. Um, and it's like, and it's like, it's just, it should be about them working towards that while still not being a hundred percent. And it is that to a degree, but then again, it's also just, again, it's just like they decide, okay, we're going to stop doing that for a while. Now we're going to be more tense and suspenseful. And now it's going to be more of a thriller kind of uh, vibe. Now here's a sad part. Now here's a heartwarming part. But they're not blended together. It's just like at the end when they're when they're finally killing the monster but Hunso has died saving the other boy from being killed by the monster. It turns out and they're mourning her and it's sad and it's just like but where, where, I mean, just like, but it was just in that moment. They, and I think they, and honestly, I, I told Dave, I was upset that they killed her because it was just, they wanted it to be extra tragic at the end because she could have survived that. And I, I spent most of the movie thinking that she was going to outlive them all because Chris right. is right. 
uh, Hanzo is the smartest, most capable character in the entire movie. She is the, the child they are trying to rescue, and she is more responsible and intelligent. They and, do. They the rest. The adults do find. They do. They're no, I mean, Gong personal Gong qualities. Gong Du immediately, once he sees Hunso getting kidnapped, he basically, well, he mans up at the start and helps that American try to fight off the monster and right. get it away. I mean, he, he, the good qualities are there, but. That's one of the things that I loved is yes, uh, Gong Du leapt into action, uh, but this being like a more down to earth kind of movie. He's just really bad at it. Right. Yeah. Like, this is not Liam Neeson in Paris trying to find his daughter. This is a lazy, uh, this is a lazy South Korean man with some sort of mental, uh, cognitive functional disability. Protein deficiency. Yeah. Uh, Which the boy at the end also has. Yeah. Find out thrust into a fantastical situation that he is in no way prepared for mm-hmm. and i appreciate but he, to it. he does and I, but i appreciated the hell out of that They're like this guy is not an action movie star this <laughs> no, is no. all of us if we're in this situation oh absolutely and that's the actor as well and the, and the uh actor who play plays the father the uh what what they call him the uh, uh s- the slow-witted father mm-hmm. Um, Don't they call him a stupid donkey at some point? Yeah, yes. In the movie, they call yeah his. I think his own brother calls him a stupid donkey. Or but um, uh, but that actor is also the lead in Parasite too. Uh, they're the same actor. Um, Holy shit! Is it really? Yes, or it should be right. Yeah, because he's pretty. It's much- either that, or you think all Asian people look alike? No, <laughs> because. It- he no, crossed, you are correct. Yes. Yeah, they're both. And he's also in Memory of Murder. And, and um, Snowpiercer. And Snowpiercer, yes. But, uh, to answer the question more succinctly, I don't think it diminishes anything, but it's so unevenly applied. All of it is so unevenly applied yes. that that diminishes things. And, and that's why I'm saying Parasite is his more mature version sure. of putting all this stuff oh, together absolutely. because I would, the social yeah. satire is more streamlined. The the family drama is more succinct and, you know, and, and it's like the, the black comedy is more structured, but it's so serious taking. All I'm saying is that if there had been a kaiju in Parasite, I might have enjoyed it more. <laughs> Me too. The, 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 I, told, I told Dave, I said, this would have been great as like a one season show to stretch it out Good. a little yeah. more. And give those elements time to grow and weave together better. I absolutely agree. Like this thing is scuttling around the background. I absolutely agree. What they did in two hours, though, yeah, um, to make it to make it just a two-hour one, you know, go go to the theater. I mean, it, it broke records. It's sure. like the biggest box office movie until Parasite. So, you so it was a big bong hit. <laughs> I'm just going to say that the, the, the best scene that like was the perfect blend of everything they were going for was the one you mentioned earlier. My favorite part of the movie is when she thinks the monster is sleeping and she has to try and run up its back to grab the makeshift clothing uh, rope that they made to try and get out. And she runs up and she grabs it and you only see her from the waist up and she's pulling. pulling. It's like she realizes she's not going anywhere. And then the camera moves back down to show, show you that the monster grabbed her. And he, and he, and it slowly, 
the, the, the best part is the monster doesn't do anything other than just slowly lower her to yep. the ground and it sits there waiting for her to do something. Yep. And that is a perfect blend of, oh my God, that's hilarious and terrifying. It's hilarifying. I knew you were going <laughs> <It's> there. <hilarious. laughs> but yeah, it's like, and, and again, um, I have to consider the fact, you know, that w- when they're making these movies, um, the South Korean, but even though they might, it might've been a high budget for a South Korean film, which it wasn't. Um, it's still not a Hollywood blockbuster. It, it, it's not financially, uh, up to par with what viable. we could do here. Viable. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the thing is, the stuff that the audiences are looking for, especially from that director, is there. Yeah. And, and um, Don't worry, we fix that by finding those movies and then remaking them in Hollywood so they're exactly. better. Exactly. Like Old Boy, which we'll, which we'll talk about next time, is that... I'm not watching the remake. <laughs> it, it, it's really good. I, it you've really told me good. that. It really I'm still not good. watching it. Um... And, he, and, I, they, and they actually improved. But um, the thing, you know, and we'll talk about, it's like the thing, the thing you notice with, especially the, and I'm not, I'm not going to say it's just the South Korean directors, but especially them, um, is as they continue making movies, their themes are similar in each film, mm-hmm. but they, every, each movie is more mature. They expound upon it. They expound upon it. Except in in this case where Memories of Murder, the serial killer film previous to this, to the host, it's it's a lot. It's truly dark. Does it have a kaiju? It does not have a kaiju, but it does have a serial killer. So if I'm remembering um, correctly, this kind of, I mean, not that it's not a, not a good watch, but um, this kind of rode the wave of like early aughts when it was like the, the, the South, the South Asian like horror yep. boom was yep. happening, right? Yep, it is all part of that included in that. Uh, so well, like we talked about uh, Takashi Miyake. Takashi um, Miyake definitely. Is, we we talked about in our very first episode the film audition. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Ichi the Killer. There were so many South Korean and Japanese horror movies. Well, this was around the time of also like The Ring and The, the Grudge. Ring, the yeah. Ring. Ringu. Um, yeah. Two sisters. Yeah. Uh, other. Um, um, the Vengeance Trilogy. The Vengeance Trilogy, like One definitely. Missed Call uh, was one of them. Oh, One Missed Call. I, I for, yes, it totally is. Yeah. Yeah, so it definitely was riding that wave um, just with a kaiju. With a kaiju, because it, it, I think it might... Well, until, until um, Oja later, which he also did, I think... Um, uh, out of that group you're talking about, and you know, in Chan Wook Park, he doesn't do kaiju's, but but the idea that, and this will go into the third question, is that kaiju is just incidental. I mean, is it a kaiju movie? You you so. could have completely removed the kaiju from the equation and made this a movie about just somebody, some rando kidnapping Gongdu's daughter, and the byproduct would have been largely the same. Yes. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Still a dysfunctional family, still bumbling their way through multiple rescue attempts. I mean, the family is the only one act- actively concerned about the monster. It seems like every, everything else in this in the happening. Yes, people... Because it's a virus. Yeah, people... But it's not. A virus. People stop caring about Steve Buscemi <laughs> so fast. 
Yeah. And they get so stuck on the virus part of it, which, spoiler alert, turns out there isn't one. It just seems like people got infected from being in contact with the monster or something. Yeah, so, again, like, the kaiju is just sort of incidental. Yes. It's a big old metaphor. <laughs> Some would say it's a red herring. With a prehensile tail and tongue. Um, and that goes into topic number three, if we're there yet. Um, sure. I, I kind of thought we already were. <laughs> uh is it a kaiju movie disguised as a family drama or vice versa? Or is it a family drama that wants to be a rescue adventure movie? Or is it a serial killer movie well, that I don't wants think to it's be a, a kaiju movie? I don't think it's a serial killer movie unless we're but, counting. But, but that no, way, like you, you said. No, you know, it's not a serial killer movie because when you see the monster vomit up all those bones, it's a mass murder at that yes, point. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a dark family dramedy kaiju movie and i don't i think it could have committed to two out of those three things and left out the third i feel like this should have been a family dramedy kaiju movie (laughs) (laughs) just if you just take out the whole dark comedy aspect of it entirely or you make it a dark comedy family dramedy or a dark comedy kaiju movie. they made it a gamera movie um with you know it's like but Gamera that's not nice to kids. You know, it's like because... Has Gamera ever been nice to kids? Uh, he, oh. was, he was known as friend to all children in his movies. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know uh, my kaiju. It's like in, in the first movie... Also, I want to point out we're using a Japanese term for a South <laughs> Korean uh, monster. Well, okay, so what's but the South Korean term for a kaiju? It, I don't know. You it's, got it's the still your hands? It's still kaiju. Yeah, that's fine. It's still I'm kaiju. Just, I'm just but there, around. There is something... There is something um, that you could look up, but there is a word that describes... Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> that describes... That word that describes both um, the father and what happened to him as a kid, and then what happens to the little boy when he's with his brother and they're doing the scavenging and stuff. There's a name for their... For, um, they're not thieves, but they're, they break into places and, you know... Take oh, sorry. Sorry. Thank you. Yes. Um, and, Which I only remember because it sounds so similar to sorry. Uh, and, uh, um, I, and that might be. Yeah, it's basically like gentleman thieves. Like yes. you, don't, you don't steal something for the hell of it. You steal something because you need it. Need it. And, um, and, 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 and the father's case, uh, his, his dad took him through this and uh, um, he ended up because that was their life and he lived on the streets and he lived, he ended up with a protein protein deficiency, which caused his brain to, well, let's have an issue. That is also the whole protein deficiency thing is largely conjecture made by their father to possibly (laughs) explain what is wrong with gong do. Um, it's never explicitly stated that that's what it was. All we know is that those nice scientists fixed it for him. Well, yeah, he's, he's not very bright. He's narcoleptic, um, and somehow getting a lobotomy fixed all that. <laughs> well, it's not really a lobotomy because they don't really remove, like, they don't, well, the, the amount, they, they get a tissue sample from his lobe, but they don't really remove it. Right. So let me rephrase. Getting a drill through the forehead managed was, to fix him. It was kind of like a very small trepanning, if you've ever heard of that. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> getting a very small trepanning through the head fixed yeah. him. Yes. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Fuck off, Chris. What? I'm just trying to help but, here. Um, but then, you know, and this, this is why, it's why I asked about the, 
uh, diminishing or the enhancing of the returns of the payoffs in the third act is because we get why this why the little boy exists in the movie. Well, yeah, because he's a reflection he's of a reflection Young Gong Do, uh, uh, and uh, and be, he loses his daughter, but he gains a son who's basically exactly like him. Right, and which is um, one of my favorite scenes. Also, is uh, when when the daughter tries to escape, um, but also the end of the movie where uh, <laughs> they're learning about what that the TV's on talking about how it wasn't a virus. It was actually a really horrible accident that created this giant tadpole in the Han river, uh, because Americans wanted to dump formaldehyde. And, and it's like, so they were, expe- and, and the kid is sleeping and, uh, the dad is like cooking is supper's ready. Boom. Kid oh, immediately up. bolts up right yeah. <laughs> and, and then says, turn off the TV. I just want to eat. <laughs> well, yeah, because the conveniently timed news footage that is on is the American and South Korean governments yes. trying to blame each other for what happened. Yes. Um, we're t- if we're talking about favorite parts, uh, mine has to be uh, Namil in the, uh, the office that he's in that he has to escape from. But really... It's any. It's the one time each that they all get to be capable people. Yep, right. Um, they are fuck ups for the majority of the movie. Oh, these immensely, three siblings, yeah. um, but they each get their own moment to shine. Namil gets his office where he finds uh, Hansu's location and then escapes all these people that are after him. Uh, Namil gets hers when she finally nails the fucking shot with her bow and sets Steve Bushimi on fire. I, 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 should we talk because there's a reason why that's so important is because she's, she's basically a, a competitive archer. She's an Olympic level she's archer. An yeah. Olympic level archer that, that never fulfills her potential. She right. always they've, chokes. They foreshadow it heavily in the opening. Yeah. I mean, none the, the idea is that none of these kids have lived up to their to potential. potential. Gongdu because of his problems uh, his mental issues. Um, Nam Il because he was an alcoholic anarchist who received a very, what they describe as like a very high college education, but has done nothing with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then Nam Il is a, an Olympic level archer who always chokes on the last shot. So naturally they're all going to come through in the end, which they do. And they do. And it's enormously satisfying, but there was a point in the movie, honestly, where it, it's like everybody's darkest hour uh, like Gongdu has just been. Well, oh yeah, they I'm all, gonna keep saying lobotomized for the <laughs> sake of it. They all they all have the moment where um, they have the chance to meet their potential and fail again. Right, um, but it's like it's everyone's darkest hour. I honestly thought that they were all all the siblings were gonna die. Their father was already dead at this point. I thought Hansu was gonna be the sole survivor of the movie. That we yeah. were gonna have like two and a half hours of setup just to be completely subverted in that she needed none of them this entire time. She was fully capable of getting out on her own, but alas, no, we still get them coming together and defeating Steve Bushimi and poor Hunsu dies. She dies. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not sure if I completely, I think she has to die for no this, hard disagree this, for this, dynamic to end up work and and because if she doesn't die he doesn't gain uh 
the yes he does well, you you think he would take both yes, of them in absolutely he and i agree with living you living or dead he would be like oh hansu fought so hard to protect this boy he, he you know that he should come with and uh, yeah i agree with that um uh, i'm just salty about it it's fine to have your opinion <laughs> but uh um i am also down on the fact that she had to die but but the what she she earned her heroic death (laughs) well yeah no she earned her heroics because everything she did to protect the little one um siju siju was just brilliant um and like you said at the beginning of the uh, of the podcast she's like she was the most capable of this whole family and she's what 12 yeah <laughs> like 12 or 13 12 yeah. or 13 and um uh she's the one that she she, she in the write-ups they say you know she's embarrassed about her family I, I don't think she really is i think she no but she should have been she, no, she no. realizes Here's the thing. she was being a normal teenager she's being a normal right. teenager Honestly, yeah um she loves her dad i believe um even though he has uh, because she keeps him together um she really loves her grandpa who is like this you know the, the quintessential grandfather he's the quintessential yeah. grandfather and the problem the problem is she's that kind of kid who is unfortunately because of her family required to grow up way yes. faster than she exactly. needs to than yeah. she should so exactly. she has to be hyper competent and help or she has to be that kind of person because the people who are supposed to be looking after her can all the time and she's the most resourceful person by far uh, Mm -hmm. because when she's dropped into that sewer area uh with the creature and uh i mean she raids all the bodies that he's already you know to you know to gather whatever she could get to possibly have a future you know and then when when the little boys brought in it's just like um she immediately there's no question that she's going to take care of him you know and 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 uh so the idea that she earns her heroic death in the sense, um, and she earns it by protecting him inside the creature. Yeah. Basically right. right. I just, um, I wanted after all the setup, I wanted that 12 year old girl to enjoy an ice cold beer with her pop. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why it's a rated R movie too, is that she dies. Because, well, Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to say because her dad gives her a beer. <laughs> Which I'm sure didn't help the rating very <laughs> that much. That was PG-13, but then the death of the the the, the kids in peril. Death, right. There's a lot of kids in peril in this movie, and um, uh, and and I think I think her death does set up everybody. You know, it's like it's like yes, the dad is all about revenge now, but the 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 sister and the brother or the aunt the uncle come together and uh basically create this whole uh way to kill the creature you know and and, it, and they it, stumble their way into they it, stumble way their the way creature. into it um but the hero in this is like the arc that the aunt takes the olympic archer she almost dies she gets mm-hmm. she basically she, ostensibly she's dead but then she you know oh she's just knocked out and she comes she she works some shit and she becomes the hero of this movie and and has the she definitely gets the biggest hero yes. moment of the movie because yes. not only uh is she there after uh Nam il drops his uh final his bottle. last yeah his final yeah. molotov yeah after he drops his final molotov cocktail she is there to 
use it to light the tip of her bow. Which is a great... Which she nails the shot, hits the kaiju right in the eye, and then she gets the slow motion turn around and walk away from it shot. Fucking badass. After newfound homeless friend dumped gasoline on the monster. Yes. Yes. Again, unsung hero, man. Uh, And and it's like, um, so I think all this, and this all ties in to go back to, you know, it's like, yes, this is disguised as this or disguised as that, but it's all about this family that we call dysfunctional and probably will call dysfunctional forever. But the idea that they do, they, they end up with a reason to fix themselves. And then you have, he ends up running his dad's his shop. dad's shop and he, and he, taking care of the little boy and stop dying his hair and, and stop is dying his hair. Now finally responsible. I'm just saying all of that could have happened without his daughter dying. Yes, sure. But it, it, it made it, it made it even more poignant. I'm, it's starting to occur to me as we've been talking that this movie is not kind towards women. Um, Gongdu's wife is out of the picture, apparently left as soon as Hanso was born. Yeah, apparently she was, she was just like, I, can't, I cannot handle staying with you and having a baby. I'm gone. That's yeah. the gist of it. Um, the siblings, their mother left and their father talks about that. I don't think I ever made it really clear why she left. Um, uh, Nam Il or uh, Nam Jun uh, is the one, the archer who chokes all the way up until the very last minute. Like when she first tries to encounter the creature, uh, she full on wolfs the, her one shot at it, and it just kind of bats her out of the way. Oh, and then, he almost bitch slaps her. <laughs> yeah, and then Hanso dies. <clears throat> so yeah, um, really not a kind movie towards women. It's weird. I, and, and, and now I, it, I say that, but the movie's not kind towards anyone. No, it's not kind. And but it is the women that are the strongest characters in this movie. I, yes, um, all two of them. <laughs> all but, two of them that are on but, screen. But the thing is, they are so much more stronger and much more interesting than uh, because all the men are seen as the bumblers, right. seen as the criminalistic and the, especially and, if and, they work for the government or the American or military. the American military you know so so I and and we don't know if the kaiju was male or female so did anyone lift up its tail and that's look? what that's what because it it had to have been this is an unproductive area of discussion but the but the idea that because we're no, for all intents and purposes, the is creature no is the strongest character in the movie. But uh, um, uh, that is a <laughs> that is a very big stretch um, that I will not allow. But uh, but uh, now I, I I I and Bong is is pretty. I I think he's been known as uh, pretty strong in his women characters throughout his history. So I'm gonna still put him there in that sense. I guess I just need to see more bong movies. <laughs> um, Stan, did you have any more uh, discussion topics? Was it just uh, those three? It was those three. Um, uh, and, and, and the idea that it's really, it's really hard to put this into a, a category because I think it's purposely uncategorical, uncategorical. Un- 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 and, uh, and, um, no, no. Obviously, it's a 
dark <laughs> comedy, family, <laughs> dramedy, kaiju, kaiju movie. movie. Yes. And, uh, um, and, and, I, and I also think it's all his favorite stuff, too. It's all Bong's favorite stuff. And he put it all into one movie because he does love himself some kaiju movies. And he does. And we love all, some family drama. He loves himself some social satire. And there's a lot of social satire. And there's a lot of family drama. And it's like, because um, then, he, then he gets, his later stuff is really structured. Well, he also loves his blue collar people. He loves his blue collar people a lot. Yes. Yeah, his his downtroddens. He yeah. loves his downtrodden folk because and the majority of their troubles that aren't kaiju related come from the white collar people that they encounter or have to deal with, like the doctors uh, at the hospital, yes. like the um, the people that sell out Namil when he's yes. trying to get help because they want the bounty on him. The uh, they have to deal with the black market people when they're trying to yeah to exactly. find their way to Hansu exactly. Um, Chris, did you have any uh, final thoughts about the movie that you'd like to talk about? Uh, it's worth watching once, at least. Even you know, yeah, it's worth giving it one shot. You may be down with it, you may not be, but it's it's unique and an interesting watch. I'll agree with that. I am glad I watched it. Um, it did not blow my socks off the way that Almost Famous did. Um, and uh, out of all of them, like uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Old Boy again because it has been several years. Since I've seen that one. But overall, like Chris said, watch it once. Know what you're going into. It is not strictly a one genre film. It is a many, many genre film that indirectly stars Steve Buscemi. (laughs) (laughs) Who is known for his multi-genre stuff. So So playing Kaiju is probably just another thing in his hat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up this discussion of the host. Uh, Stan, I'm going to ask. I do it every every time we do one of these. Uh, are you on social media and can people find you? Uh, Twitter. Okay. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle, Stan? Twitter handle, Stan? Very that's, good. That's Go. too many characters. That wouldn't work. <laughs> T-W-T-R-S-N. Oh, you just took out all the vowels? I see. Chris, if people would like to follow you or reach out to you online, where could they do that at? Uh, don't. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but they can do it at Chris the Okay. I don't. I mean, but if we're if it's, but if you're finding me on Twitter, I assume it's to start a fight. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to follow me online, uh, the best place to do that would be on Instagram at db Hensley. There are a lot of pictures of my dogs and my favorite alcohols. Uh, if you would like to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us or you can search for Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcasts on Facebook. To see more of our original work or hear past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the Long Walk Podcast Network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Steve Buscemi. Bong.